ya! Uh, before we get into the drunken slew of what this episode is going to be, I apologise in advance. I uh, just wanted to apologise as well for the audio quality. It's pretty bad, um, but bear with, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Enjoy! taking too long bitch i need to record before i pass out i was saying hi to my housemates because you know friends and all that (laughs) (laughs) right come on let's do this welcome to drunk art review the podcast where everyone from teetotal to blind ass drunk is welcome to give their open and honest opinions on all forms of art i am jennifer kemp and this is rosie alexander we are very drunk because we have just recorded a drunk art live on instagram which we hope you were fortunate enough to join and if not then what the hell are you doing (laughs) we're here to chat about our new monthly theme what is our new monthly theme rosie oh 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 she's just finishing her cherry wine give her a second i was finishing my wine but our new monthly theme if you listen to our live you would have heard it but it is it is uh female sensuality and erotica the woman in art the reason we chose this theme is because the 8th of march is international women's day and march is women's history month so we thought it was important to promote women in art women who produce artwork and we hope that we're doing this for years to come so what we decided to do was do women in art but we're going to do a different spin on it each year but um this year we've gone for like eroticism and sensuality I love that you're thinking about the future for us. It's like we're married. <laughs> we are married. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, let's go on to the episode topic. We know it's sensuality. No, female sensuality and erotica. The woman in art. However, how do we want to start this? I mean, my starting is very similar to what I was talking about in the live. So I can go with that and then we can we can uh, explore that if you like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, just so our listeners are aware, this is obviously a very casual episode, so our mini-sodes, just to give you a heads up. I mean, this is kind of like our premiere kind of mini-sode, and we're going to have like a live, a mini-sode, and a main episode. So our live is going to be like an introductory to the theme. It also gives us an opportunity to interact with our fans and people that, you know, enjoy our show. Our mini-sode is going to be... Yeah, it's been really lovely like interacting with people. We've had some really brilliant people on and like people interacting with us on Twitter and Instagram. People that are always for our lives, like Chloe, we've got to give you a huge shout out. Chloe is always there for our lives. Chloe, we adore you. You are wonderful. It's just like been really great interacting with people. Oh yeah. As you can probably hear, we're both a little bit tiddly. We're both having a great time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah rosie's gonna have a great time editing this tomorrow <laughs> and then on our main episode so our main episode is going to kind of more in depth we'll probably have more guests on there we've got some brilliant guests coming up for you again we'll shout them out on our twitter and instagram and we're just going to kind of like brief into like the the genteel part of our thing so i've already said that it's sensuality and erotica from the female perspective and because it's women's history month there we go so Rosie was talking about earlier about the first female sculpture. Is that what you were chatting about in our live? I was. Um, hold on. I'm just, I'm literally sending a message to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> to 
Um, okay, so I was sending my mum good night because I love her. Anyway, <laughs> I was talking about my own connection with sensuality. <laughs> P.S. I love that I just completely start talking about something else. Nothing at all to do with uh, the first sculpture, the first female sculpture in the world. So, yeah, yeah carry on. I've raved about the movie Fur, a portrait of Diane Arbus. Seriously, Rosie made me watch that um, movie like super early in our friendship. She was like, you need to watch Fur with me. <laughs> like one of the first times I hung out with her, she was like, watch Fur with me. And I was okay. like, okay. You have to. It, it... I like Robert Downey Jr. Cool. But the thing is, like it spoke so much to what like I saw the world as. Like I say, I raved about this movie with Nicole Kidman and Robert Downey Jr. before like he got shit hot. Like he was, it was like 2006. Um, before he got shot, he was on shot, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, like mainly before rewatching it, are you taking a picture with me? I can't, I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> she sent, she, I can, I can tell she's sending pictures. She sent him, she's sending some shit. Anyway, right, okay. You carry on with that. I will carry on with. I'm. I am listening. Yeah. So, so. When I, because I watched this when I was like a teenager, and then recently mm -hmm. I rewatched it, and it revealed a hell of a lot of what I experienced and how I saw the world, like when I was younger, especially like in a sensual way, um, wanting to be ushered behind the door and in, into something intimate and capture the art of it you know like experience it like it it, it was crazy like watching a film like this it, it had it had like an overpowering symbology to me and anyway the fact is we can't ignore the fact that our sexuality and intimate impulses are gateways into learning more about ourselves see the thing is like when we see intimate things and when we see like you know hardcore erotic salacious images that doesn't always have to be the thing that isn't always intimacy that isn't what we feel intimacy within ourselves is i don't know if it's just me but something resonated with me um you know like listening to music that shivers through you or films that paint ideas in your mind sensuality is something beyond the tangible sensuality is something that we imagine and kind of that was my point and I think that a lot of us we relate to films because they picture it so well they picture a story and we love as humans we love relating to stories so when a film does it so well we're like oh my god that that's exactly what I was feeling mm -hmm. as a 16 year old like for a portrait of Deanna Arvis that did the ticket and it made me reflect on my own life mm. in a way that I'd not done before which is ironic because like I've always been a bit weird and I've always delved into the subjects that have always been a bit like on the cusp of what you should be looking at <laughs> you know this <laughs> and it's even more hilarious with the fact that you know I grew up as a Mormon and all of this other stuff I've been able to see it <laughs> I'm looking at Jenny she's She's like, she can't cope with it. <laughs> she can't cope with it. <laughs> but the thing is, right, it's like, 
from such a young age, I understood my own sensuality and my own sexuality within the world. And I knew how much that would affect my art. And I think it really does. You can see it. Like when, yeah. if anyone, any of our followers on Drunk Art actually follow Rosie on her Instagram, which why wouldn't you? Because she's <laughs> incredible. And I'm not just saying that because she's my best friend. She genuinely is. But like, you can see it in your art, the way it makes you approach things when you draw them. Yeah. I think anyway. You've gone off on a complete tangent here. I, I, have, I haven't even talked about the artwork that I've like written about. We're just like, wah, 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 wah. do you want me to go into like? So we're talking about um, sensuality and erotica, female artwork. I've got some like historical stuff here that I could talk about that I think our listeners might be quite interested in. I think you should go into it. Go, go from the first day. So I'm going like. I'm going like super early in history, so you, most people will have heard of the word Mesopotamia. Have you, you know much about Mesopotamia? Yeah, it's a bit like Atlantis, right? <laughs> well, I mean like age-wise maybe, but Mesopotamia was a real thing. So Mesopotamia was a okay. historical region, and this is super old, so this is like super early civilization. So this is like 8000 to 2000 BC. Whoa. That's the same era, era as like, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, the queen of Egypt, Cleopatra. Super, <laughs> super early in like human civilization and history is Mesopotamia. Uh-huh. So to give you some context, so Mesopotamia, as I said, was 8,000 to 2,000 BC and it was located around the Middle East and some parts of Southwest Asia and the lands around the Eastern Mediterranean Sea. So just to kind of give you like a geographical context. So Mesopotamia was, you know that kind of like central european little bit of eastern asia a little bit of um sorry southwest asia a little bit of eastern mediterranean sea areas they're like the land around there so we're talking thousands and thousands of years ago we're going back in to kind of like approach this kind of eroticism and sensuality side so but several artifacts have actually been found and they've been discovered depicting sexual intercourse a lot of these carvings that they found, so these are in stone, there's been a lot of um, carved plaques and generally, like, you know, how we, I mean, part of this kind of mini-sode is kind of to discuss how women have been perceived and represented in, like, pornographic and erotic art throughout centuries and centuries of work. Yeah. Several artefacts quite often show that there is a woman bent over and a man is entering her from behind. What I found really peculiar yeah, so like a general, like a typical, very typical kind of sexual move. Woman, man, man going from behind. So he's kind of like missionary from behind. Enter, therefore. Wah, wah, wah. What I found really interesting about a lot of these depictions when you read about the historical t- context is the woman, while she's being entered from behind, is actually bent over. So she's completely bent over. She's drinking beer through a straw. It's because she needs to cope with it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like when you look at these artworks, I mean, I haven't shown Rosie these artworks yeah. yet, and I probably should have had them ready up to show her, but I'll send them to her, uh, you know, later on. But if you Google Mesopotamian art, there's all these stone carvings of women being almost like in doggy style, but they're drinking beer through a straw. And it's like, why is the beer through a straw like relevant to this sexual thing? <laughs> so it's like a really kind of like bizarre, like, I mean, there must have been something socially that that's kind of related to. But there's also like other aspects because Mesopotamia kind of included like lots of different cultures because of the massive historical and geographical region that it covered. 
it kind of like covers lots of different cultures. There was also a cult that was um, for Inanna, who was the goddess of sex and prostitution. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there were lots of artifacts that have been found um, to do with the cult of that. And there's been like super explicit images that were found at the temple of Inanna, and that was at Asur, which is where the temple was for that particular goddess. And there were lots of like models of female and male organs and like smaller ones and larger ones and quite often there were like things that people would wear around their necks and then they would adorn like different like deities, that type of thing. No, no, this was super early, like super early on. I mean, they had a goddess that was dedicated to sex and prostitution. Like this is, you know, this is super early in human history. It wasn't just sex, it was prostitution. Yeah, no, that was literally what, ah! this is what, I mean, this is going by my research. I mean, people may contradict me when they listen to this. When I did my research, she was the goddess of sex and prostitution. So it's a really interesting thing. I mean, if you want me to follow on from like super early, early work, I mean, we can take a trip back to Greek history and we can look at the works of Sappho. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a lot of people might have heard of Sappho and she was commonly regarded as one of the uh, greatest li Greek li lyric poets. I mean, not much was known about her personal life. I mean, like a lot of history, there was this stuff that's been lost to time. A lot of history, like, gets, <laughs> especially gets wiped away. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes to, like, the male gaze, if uh, there is any iota when it comes to a man, mm. it is recorded. No, I mean, it, it's kind of tricky. I think this was kind of like around the time, because I'll tell you kind of the timeline in a minute. For example, like Egyptian culture, it's really hard. It's oh, very yeah. hard in Egyptian culture, for example, to kind of like pinpoint exact things because so much has been lost throughout history and because of the, the, the such the age of it that it's really hard to kind of find artifacts that are able to kind of like put in a timeline. And some of the ancient Greek culture is very similar. So Sappho, for example, not much is actually known about her personal life. She was a female and like they just like... <laughs> Well, you say that, but she was like, she was really renowned as a female, even though she was female. She, I know, but like you, you look through, you look through other like uh, Egyptian uh, hierarchies and uh, uh, religions, and also uh, people who have had like a major stance within the culture and religion. You know, I mean, you can say Cleopatra and all the other, uh, whatever. Uh, Archonaten's wife and all but that. But even though for Archonaten and that, even for the males within Egyptian and Greek culture of that age, it's very hard to pinpoint even for the males the exact age because of the damage and the things that have been lost to history. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they, they, I mean, they have like slivers of history that have been uh, sort of uh, given down the mm. line to historical people. Um, but the thing is, like, <laughs> so much of the history is subjective oh, like it doesn't definitely. it isn't necessarily true it's all to do with the people who have decided to record it and who has been open to the ideals of what was accepted at that time mm. and also what's accepted right now because like uh i mean think think in ancient rome i mean yeah okay women were never considered to be as a as a wonderful uh their own entity naked or whatever like that that was like off the cards all all the time even as, as a god although, right although you say that the um oh god i can't think of the name of the culture what would the um 
You know the film 300? Oh, Spartans. Spartans. So you say that women are cultures. So going back to Spartans, who would have been about the same timeline, and this is just to give you some context to their culture, I believe it was Spartans who had died in battle were given a... Oh, they yeah, were given yeah. a gravestone. They believed in a glorious death. Yeah. The only other equivalent in Spartan culture that qualifies for a gravestone was a woman that had died in childbirth. So just to give you context, Whoa. so Spartans who lived all that time ago during this really historical time when sometimes, well, you know, there was a lot of misogyny going on, but it was spartan women who died during childbirth were given the same honor as men who died during battle so there were some cultures that were super recognizing of how important women and what their stresses of their bodies went through just to kind of put it into perspective that i mean i read that and i was like astounded i love that super astounded just give you some kind of a little bit of background into Sappho, our old Greek old goddess here. You know, she was pretty incredible. So, a lot of her works included religious hymns, and they included wedding songs and love songs. And these were collected over nine books. And just to give you a like of how impressive this woman was, Plato, Plato described her, Plato. the actual Plato, described her as the 10th muse. Oh! What a woman! The muses were like a big thing in the Greek mythology. She would have been like considered one of the goddesses in Greek mythology who presides over art and science, but not, you know, so the muses were like goddesses in Greek mythology, but this woman was a real woman. A real woman. Her work primarily, her poetry, like primarily believe, was believed to have revolved around love towards women. And it's quite evident in a lot of her works. Mycelene the uh, place that she was born, was on the island of um, Lesbos, which is where they believe the word lesbian derives from. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there you go. A little bit, a little bit of uh, history there for you. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm just trying to give you some context, because, I mean, respect, it was LGBTQ month last month, so it kind of ties in nicely with that. So people are kind of like this LGBT, like, stigma was is like a modern thing but actually in greek mythology like having homosexual feelings are like super common and while um, men and women within the greek culture were still expected to get married it they like kind of totally accepted the fact that um you know men and women had homosexual feelings yeah. and i mean even in like i mean it was kind of weird because like when you saw a, um, a film like i think it was um was it 500 where they had brad pitt playing like uh, achilles no, uh, that wasn't 500, that was, um... But in that, they had him, like, ha he had, like, a romantic love interest, but actually, in real Greek mythology, I think he had a thing for his male cousin. Yeah, because he liked a man. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of homosexuality within, like, Greek, Greek mythology. It was so, it was so normal. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Like, uh, there's this, uh, so there's this god called, um, Priapus? Yeah, uh, he's the, the Greek god of fertility, known for his oversized genitalia. Mm, lucky man. <laughs> and permanent erection. Okay. Wow. My god, what kind of Viagra was he from? There, genuinely, there must be a Viagra, like modern Viagra in the world that's named after him. I bet you there is. But the funny thing is, like, this was like a thing, and um, 
The only other place that I've seen it is in like, uh, I watched Unorthodox, which was like that uh, Netflix, oh, yeah. Netflix show, and it was all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in Unorthodox, they show like the representation of like touching a stone when you you touch it when you come into the house, and it's like oh, a cleansing okay. thing. Yeah, and anyway, like in uh, uh, Greek mythology, having this uh, papyrus um, like effigy, which was essentially a man with a massive erection, right? Like that—that that was it. Go in and touch the dick. Yeah, you had it in your house and you touched it. If you loved, like, it was like giving a hard-on to something. And anyway, so like I said, the only other time that I've seen it is um, in the Netflix show mm. Unorthodox, which was really great. It was all about, like, uh, really stringent, um, the unorthodox uh, religion, uh, which, which yeah. was fascinating. Uh, but anyway, um, this whole idea of, like, touching this effigy on your way out <laughs> it's so similar to like the unorthodox thing where you would touch something on your way in and you're on your way out it's like this religious stone that you touch and i think in like roman culture it's a very similar thing that's been mm. translated through different ideals and anyway so like i said uh <laughs> the greeks loved a dick Good so on. They love uh, uh, Pyaparus, who literally had the erection um, of a hundred men and could keep it for a very long time. He had a permanent erection um, and touching it. You messaged me. What did you just message? What did you just say? What did you just say? You just like, what what are you talking about? Like, honestly, are you kidding me? She just said question marks. That's question marks. Four minutes, she said question marks. That was marks. four minutes prior. You went. <laughs> Did you forget? You messaged me going. <laughs> well, like what? <laughs> the wild oh, girl. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, Pyaparus was a Greek fertility god, and you would rub him when he entered a house. Um, but the thing is, like, <laughs> there's other, like, renditions, renditions of him where he's, like, a god. And basically, um, <laughs> he has such a massive cock that, like, it's, <laughs> like, you can't not notice it. Like, he goes to, like, a bonfire and it's there. You're like, oh, oh, well, okay, hi. <laughs> I've just got a beautiful image of Rosie yawning at me. She's so tired. <laughs> I've been I've been so enjoying what you've been saying. I'm just so knackered. <laughs> well, guys, we've actually been recording this episode. This is meant to be a 20-minute episode, but because we spent an hour and 10 minutes wittering away before we started recording. No, 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 no. No, it's less, it's 10 minutes less than two hours. Well, no, that's what I mean. So while it's been nearly two hours of recording, the episode has actually only been 20 minutes long because me and Rosie were chatting for well over an hour before we actually started talking about the episode. So she's going to have great fun recording this. Yeah, I'm... Like editing the season, I should say. I feel disorientatingly, like, uh... I don't know where I am. Anyway. She's on another planet. 
I am, but I, I think we should stop and I save it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun though. I didn't I like I didn't speak about the shit that I want like I had written down, but I think we had a good live. The live was great. We were brilliant. We should say goodbye so you can edit it into the mini so Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut it. I'm gonna stop it. Alright, goodbye my lovely people who listen to us. Thank you for listening to the minisode of the Drunk Art <laughs> Review Podcast. Yeah, we're here. We're here and we're grateful. We're here, we're grateful, we're a little bit tiddly as you can probably tell from this episode. A little? Are you kidding me? I'm fucking wanker. Yeah, me too. We will be back with our main episode in a couple of weeks, again continuing the conversation on sensuality and eroticism within art from the female pers- perspective. <laughs> I was clearly so drunk and out of it that I uh, <laughs> hit stop before we actually finished. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. It's very slapdash and pretty rough, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, sound design and everything editing wise was by me Rose Alexander um, and obviously the hosts were me Rose Alexander and Jennifer Kemp yeah see ya